And welcome to another Odyssey House Journals. I'm Trip Mitchell, and that's Randall Carlyle. I'm We're, so excited. This is the this is like the highlight. This hour is the highlight of my life each week. What does that tell you about my life? Well, you need to hang around a better class of friends. We're going to introduce Cassie in just a second. Which Certainly better, but... Uh, Certainly this better is, looking than both of us. I, I guarantee you. This is a show about addiction, but most important... I always say this is a show about addiction, and Randall steps in and says... And about recovery. recovery. Yeah. And both Randall and I are part of the AA community in recovery from alcohol. And part of what we do is we learn very early is that the best way to keep your sobriety is to give something away. To talk that, about it. Yeah, and this... Fortunately, you and I have a vehicle to do that. You are a newsman all around the country for many, many years, and I moved up here as a sportscaster from Vegas, and, and so we have this forum, and that's right. why we created this show, and I'm so glad we did it. We're coming close, and we're coming up to 20 shows. We're coming close to that, and the whole point of this, even though we call it Odyssey House Journals, and even though I work at Odyssey House, is not to push Odyssey House, although I've said that three times now. <laughs> it's, it's to talk about, the, talk about recovery in general, uh, and the fact that it's a huge, it's a huge growing movement uh, all over the country, but but here it's really strong and powerful. Uh, well, and you would be surprised because it's counterintuitive in a religious culture, where in some parts of the state of Utah, it's eighty down in Utah County, eighty to ninety percent LDS and active. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of addiction out sure. there. It can happen to anyone, right? And we've I've learned so much in this show coming from the alcohol side of addiction. Learned about oxy. Oxy has become the drug that is a gateway drug that leads people into some really bad things. And But the good news is there's so many people out ready to help. And the number at the bottom of the screen is for Odyssey House. And this is just as a reference point. Call and talk to someone. If you've got a friend, a relative, if it's you, there is real hope out there. And money is not an issue. No, there, money is not an issue. People don't seem to realize that for nonprofits... Because of Medicaid and because of county and state and federal grants, you can go to places like Odyssey or First Step or House of Hope or Epic, and you're not talking about paying anything. Uh, people don't realize that because they'll hear, you know, 60000 a month or something for a treatment facility. It doesn't have to be that way. So, and, and most of our calls, at, I won't say our name again, but most of our calls where I work, uh, are from people, from loved ones or friends, not necessarily the person who is seeking treatment. Sure. And, you know, the big part of that is to make that first call and realize that there are people and resources here in the Salt Lake County and the state of Utah that are there to help. So with that being said, introduce us to our guest, if you will. Cassidy Moore. She works at Fit to Recover. Last week, we talked to the executive director of it, and and what I thought it would be interesting to talk to Cassie. I don't know what your position, what what your title is. What is it? I'm the lead dietitian. L- lead dietitian. Yeah. And the point of us bringing this up is because we talk about all aspects of recovery, and we focused last week on fit to recover and a lot of the physical exercise kind of health, but there's a whole bunch of other health that is significant to recovery. Yeah, absolutely. What, describe that. I mean, you. It makes sense to me that if, if you worked out and you lift weights and you and you got your heart going and everything, that'd be good if you're in recovery. But what does diet have to do with that? Yeah, so nutrition and diet are a huge piece of it. I mean, it's pretty common when I talk to people. Um, so we work with different treatment centers and I'll do classes for them. And I'll kind of be like, what is 
how many times an average week were you eating? And it's common for me to hear like two, three meals a week um, when they're actively using and things. So when people come into treatment, a lot of times they're pretty, pretty malnourished, um, pretty skin and bones. And then it's not uncommon to gain like 30 pounds in 30 days or something. And right, then I Because we feed people well at treatment. Yeah, so you, yeah. You come in from the street eating <laughs> once or twice a week and you have three meals a day and all of a sudden... Yeah, you know. exactly. Um, so that causes a whole other like mental things. Like they, I think on some people do know that it's probably a little bit was needed because they probably were pretty under not eating enough and undernourished. But it's still, I mean, anyone that's gained thirty pounds like that pretty quickly, it can be kind of overwhelming to them. Um, so there's that piece of it in the early recovery, and then when I'm talking to people in the community that are in recovery, I think it's also huge just the mental. Um, people don't, I don't know how many people really realize how much your food impacts your mental health. Um, there's all this really cool research coming out about how much like your gut health really impacts your brain health and they are calling your gut now your second brain. Um, so by making sure you have a healthy gut, it really impacts everything that's going on in the brain too. So, and, um, recovery and addiction and mental health really go hand in hand. So having a more, um, making your brain function as well as you can is super, super important in recovery and anybody. If you didn't watch last week, I'm, I'm referring to Fit to Recover, and it's a it's a, a gym for for sober people to come to. It's, yeah. it's Utah's only sober gym, uh, but but you but it started with exercise, but now it's branched out into things like like diet. Yeah, so it's branched out. We actually have four pillars. So we have our we call it the fitness pillar, the nutrition pillar, which I'm in charge of, and then we also have a creative arts pillar. So they do, um, we have some really great artists doing music recordings and a music group that gets together. And then they also do other creative arts projects like paintings and stuff. And then we have a community service pillar as well. Describe the importance of food. I mean, I, I don't, I've been in, I, I've been clean for seven years and I, I guess I eat more healthy now than I did when I was guzzling a whole bunch of beer and booze every day, <laughs> you know, but I, it, it, does it really, if I'm in recovery, does it matter what I eat? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it matters for not only physically, but also mentally. And I, I really try to focus on the mental part too. Um, people in recovery, it's not, they tend to be, um, you see a lot of people eating with disorders too. Um, so that's another piece to it. So um, and a lot of eating disorders are super mental as well. So trying to just get the best mental. Um, give give some specific examples of food that might be good or bad for somebody in recovery. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to try to get as many um, fruits and vegetables are always, they should really constitute half your plate every time that you go to eat a meal. (laughs) Yeah. And I know it's not the most exciting thing to say, but there's so many ways you can cook with fruits and vegetables to make them really tasty um, and appealing. And that's part of what I do is we do cooking classes and I do a meal prep every week. So we get together and cook five meals as a community that everyone goes home with. Um, so you can make to, Brussels sprouts taste good. You really could, yeah. Uh-huh. There's even a little bacon Brussels sprout recipe we have that people that are if really good. If you can combine it. bacon with anything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's really all about what you do to it. But fruits and vegetables are the biggest pieces, and then um, also making sure you're eating more whole grains, and so that's your whole wheat breads and pastas and um, quinoas and things like that. People people love to say that they're cutting out carbs um, and. Carbs really aren't the enemy, so I try to teach as much about why you need these certain foods for your body, too. What's the enemy for somebody in recovery? 
Um, Sugar, what? what? Yeah, I don't think any of it is the enemy. I think trying to get that language out of their head and trying to... Ian talked a little bit about it last week, um, about really just trying to have a healthy relationship with food. I think that's number one. Uh, sugar cravings. I love you, Mars <laughs> yeah. Candy Bar. <laughs> yeah, we try to talk a lot about like being grateful for your food and thinking about where it came from and how it got to your plate um, to really be kind of more mindful of when you're eating and not just you know shoveling it in while you're driving in your car or watching TV and all that. And for you as a nutritionist, how did you get so fit to recover? Is not a normal. You probably when you looked at you learned your skill that <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't be at a the world's larger one of the largest gyms slash community centers in recovery. How did you end up at Fit to Recover? Yeah, so I um, I am not in recovery, but my father and brother are both addicts, and my brother actually died four years ago from substance abuse. Um, so I made my way out to Utah for my master's degree, and, when, and I finished that at the U last year, and when I saw a job open up that I could combine um, nutrition with being involved in the recovery community, that was super huge to me. Ian talked a lot about how connection is really big with um, Fit to Recover and just the recovery community. And it absolutely is. But um, I never really felt connected to that part of my life because um, people, I mean, I wasn't in recovery, so I didn't really have that piece, but it impacted my life a lot. So now I feel more connected to that and these people. And it's been amazing for me. So do you think about your brother often when you're at work? Yeah, all the time, Um, which it it can be hard to be honest, but um, I think it's I don't know that I fully dealt with it all at the time, so I think it's also a good way. And there's plenty of people there that are always talking to me and asking me questions. So it's I think how it's long ago thing. was that? Four years ago. Four years. Was was there enough help available to him, or did he not want help? He so he he was 22 when he died, and he'd been in and out of rehab since he was 12 or 13, I want to say. Um, but he'd go through periods. I I think um, so. His DOC was heroin, and he was sober from that at the time, but he compensated with alcohol, and I think that he underestimated how much alcohol does to you, too. Um, eventually, his body just kind of gave out. Hmm. Yeah. Would you... I, mean, would, I, I guess I always... It, it, it's, it's useless to look back, but it is perhaps a learning experience. Is there anything that somebody is in that kind of situation that somebody can do to help them or because you said he's gone he went through several rehabs yeah I'm still trying to figure out the answer I I don't know what the thing is we always I mean we just tried to love him as much as we could um I don't think anyone can make people get help that don't want to get the help obviously I think we all know that but I don't know I don't know what the answer was for him I really don't so you hit the nail on the head and you know sometimes people are forced into treatment programs and don't want to go and those are the people least likely to succeed no matter it could be a it could be a posh for-profit treatment program where you have private chefs and massages every day or a down-to-earth treatment program like ours and and it it doesn't matter if you if you don't want it you it won't work because you have to want it in the first place i don't i can speak for myself i mean the the reason i went to a a treatment program the first time is because my wife was bugging me saying I was drinking too much. And, and you wanted to show her that she was wrong. Yeah, well, and I, yeah, I, well, she called me an alcoholic. And I said, no, I just drink too much. But, <laughs> you know, uh, and, but, but to please you, I'll go to this treatment program, which yeah. only lasted for nine months of sobriety because I wasn't doing it for myself and I wasn't admitting I had a problem. And that... Therein lies the problem with a lot of people who go through treatment programs because they're not 
no treatment program's magic. You know, nobody has a magic pill, and unless you do the work, it's not going to work. Yeah, and you take a look at the numbers. I mean, for someone who drank for a long time, you've got 20 or 30 years of drinking, in my case, before I made the determination that I wanted to get sober. And yeah. That's a lot of learned behavior. Yeah. That's a lot of programming. The and, clock. And, and you know what is interesting, talking about your brother, was his drug of choice was heroin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he gets off heroin and, and he starts drinking. And, and, and I know so many people who are like into meth or heroin or something like that who say, yeah, I can drink. Yeah. You know? And yet one of the person I work, work with is a recovering heroin addict. And one of the reasons she doesn't drink is she said, I don't really care that much about alcohol. I don't like it or dislike it. But, but, I, know, but I worry that if I drank, it would reduce my inhibitions. And all of a sudden my brain would go to heroin and I'd, and I and I'd think, okay, God, I've been clean for so long, but you know, I could maybe do it once That's or something, true, yeah. you know. And yeah, it, it. And we talked a little earlier about in our show last week with Ian. We were talking about how when certain people are on a food diet, they might give themselves one cheat day. Yeah. And Angela said, if you were in AA, you don't get one day a week to drink. It's you've got to. You know, to focus in, and but there's so many great alternatives, and that's why your job has got to be so much fun. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun, and I think also Ian hit the nail on the head with when he talked about when he opened the gym and talked about the connection piece. Because I know for my brother, Ian talked about how he would come out of treatment and he didn't like he didn't feel under, people understood him, and it would he would just end up in the same thing. And my brother felt the same way. He didn't think that anybody understood him. He felt different. He'd go back to those same friends, and then it just was a snowball effect every single time. So I think having that safe place for all these different activities and different outlets, whether you want to choose nutrition or choose fitness or choose creative arts, there's all those outlets there. So within your scope, you have to design menu items for people coming from all ranges. Yeah, so I do menu reviews for treatment centers. Um, So I take a look at those. I try to... Is that complimentary to the treatment centers? No, we do charge for them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I advertise for. They... To get some certain funding, treatment centers do need to have their menus reviewed by a dietitian, which is, I think, a great thing. Um, so I give recommendations to them, and then I try to, I try to keep foods pretty simple and minimal ingredients and familiar to people, so that they don't think it's just like this crazy health food that they're coming to eat. Like it's something that they're familiar with and want to actually eat. Or like, something that would take hours to prepare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we do a community meal prep every week at Fit to Recover. And we have an hour and a half, and um, anywhere from like six to ten people, we make five meals in that hour and a half. So they're pretty, wow. and we clean up and get all that stuff done too. So we try to keep it pretty, pretty simple and manageable for anybody with any different. When are we going to see a cooking show out of your kitchen? You know, um, we have talked about starting like a YouTube channel or something like that. So I will let you know if we get that going. They, I think they have a fun. real pretty kitchen. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's a cool. You walk into Fit to Recover. And and I've got to, and I don't know what the ratio is of people coming from treatment centers or people who are already out coming in. Do you know what it is, or? So, um, I don't know what the ratio is. I, I mean, the, treat- the majority would be people living on the outside, wouldn't they? Or would it be treatment centers? So the treatment center classes are always closed. They're not open to other people. Um, so anytime you come to the gym, if you're from the community, it'd be everybody that's in the community. Nobody from a treatment center at that time usually. And you get this feeling of family there. She was talking about yeah. connection and. And they all, you know, they all know everybody and they all seem to like everybody. I don't know if everybody <laughs> likes everybody, but it seems like you do out there. Yeah. I mean, you you come in, everyone's giving each other high fives, asking how you are. Um, it's pretty, it's a pretty great uplifting experience. And you're located right around the corner from Habitat for Humanity. 
Yes. Yeah. Right off of 1300. Yeah. Perfect. Are you east or west of the big bridge? West. Okay. Yeah. So just right over the, the big bridge. Yeah. Yep. And turn left and we're like right there. Oh, it's a, fantastic. It's a big old warehouse. Wouldn't you call it a warehouse? Yeah, it's yeah. a warehouse. I wouldn't say it's super visible from the outside, but we have a banner out front in front of a gated like parking lot that it's pretty recognizable from they, that. And they just do amazing. I mean, I can't tell you how our clients at Odyssey look forward to going to fit to recover. I mean, when I look at, of course, I'm an old guy and I, I never really got that much into exercise, but I look at going to a gym like, oh gosh, that's <laughs> hard work. Our clients, are, it's like, hey, today's the day I get to go to FTR. Yeah. You know? So it's got to feel really good when you see people coming in who are going through addiction treatment mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they come in and they have something to look forward to, which is, is hard when you start. Yeah. That program, there's not a lot of fun days out there. Yeah, and I think it's even more fun. So I have people that are coming in, like shuffling their feet, are not excited to be there, have a bad attitude. What am I going to do? And then we get started cooking, whatever, and their face lights up, and they come out. They're like, "I'm sorry, I didn't want to come, but I'm really glad that I did." I love those people even more. I think so it's great. when it comes to being in the kitchen, are there some real short like tips that you give out? What? How do you fall in love with food again and have it be a great relationship? I think it does take time, but I the biggest first piece of advice I'd be is just try to be, I think we can all be more mindful in life in general, but just try to be more mindful again, taking your time to eat, enjoy your food, thinking about what it's doing for your body, um, being grateful for it. Ian talked about how he prayed to his food. I think that's super important. Um, just trying to really take the time to think about your food and slowing down and enjoying it. Um, and that'll make, even if you're eating your dessert or something else, that'll make it more enjoyable and less likely for you to go for that second and third piece or whatever it is that you're So my, eating. I'll cook dinner and then we'll sit down and have it. But as I'm doing dishes, I always, that's when I start the snacking. Okay. And that's when the ice cream might come out yeah. or the cookies. And, <laughs> yeah, that's something that, and she gets on me. Cause I, as a guy, sometimes we're used to eating standing up yeah. when you're busy in life. And so sitting down and enjoying yeah, concentrate. And, and, and I, you say yeah. that's important. That's yeah, it's very important. I mean, just again, if sometimes when you're just you're standing up or you're watching TV or you're driving, you're just not even really thinking about what you're eating. It probably doesn't even matter what you're eating because you're not really tasting it and enjoying it. It's just all you know, of a sudden it's gone. <laughs> Mercedes for the longest time didn't want to put cup holders in their cars because they felt that driving is a serious pursuit. You don't want to do anything on the side and. You know, the amount of me when you're busy, in my case, drive through is the. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I guess that's not just. It, it's prime. It started in America, I think. Sure. You know, but has it spread around the world? Drive throughs Oh, yeah. It's everywhere. So we screwed up the whole world. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. is our curse. Those Americans. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes to the best. You have diets that come out every day, and these guys go out and do the yeah. talk show circuit. And, and my fiance is falls for every one of them yeah everyone keto diet carbs no carbs all protein what's yeah what's going on with that so that's actually what sparked my interest in nutrition was my parents were always chronic dieters and I was I was kind of a chunky kid and um so when I'd see all this stuff going on I'd try these weird diets at young ages um and I got to the point in high school (coughs) where I had just pretty bad views about food um so I thought all right I really want to know the science behind this and want to go about this in a better way um so that's what got me into nutrition so I will say Fit Recover, we're definitely a non-diet approach to food for sure um, because you look at statistics and 95% of diets don't work because um, they are really just looking to get fast weight loss really right. quickly. Um, and when you're doing that, you're just depriving yourself of a bunch of calories and eventually 
it doesn't work. Like you want to eat normally again. Um, so I'd say any diet that's telling you to restrict any type of food groups or cut things out or cut carbs out or anything like that is probably not sustainable. Um, so short term, you're going to lose weight. But in the long term, if you gain it right back, what's, what's really the point? So why not take a root, take a look back and look at the root of the problem. Like why, what am I eating? How can I make this healthier? What can I do more of? instead of trying to take things away. And the cool thing now is grocery stores, by and large, have some great mm-hmm. options, nutrition Oh, wise. yeah. A lot of grocery stores now hire dietitians, and you can even see like a little label that says, like, dietitian approved or yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, things have changed so much. And yeah, my one thing, and we joke about it on the, the morning show, is that I used to be a cake guy. And okay. the Smiths by my house in Woodscross had cakes that were about a week old. You get a $15 cake for $3. Yeah. And until you lift that thing up and see how many calories are in a cake. Oh, yeah. It's scary because you can go, you can have a good couple days nutrition-wise and make one or two mistakes and you've gone off the rails. Yeah, well, and it's funny, though, because we started putting calories on menus and things, thinking that that would make people make different choices. And they've really done studies and it hasn't it hasn't mattered. So, um I don't know. I don't know what the... And it's funny. There's certain cheesecake yeah. factory is considered the one place where everything is over a 1,000 Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything, yeah. including the water. Cheesecake factory isn't going down. Like, people still go there and still <laughs> enjoy think? it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about diet soda? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so, it, it depends on the person. Um, I mean, diet or regular soda, a lot of it, neither of it is great. Um, if you're somebody that has like a condition like diabetes or something where you want to try to control your blood sugar, I'd say the diet's probably a better option for your average person. If you want that little sugar fix the and one soda will suffice it, then just drink the regular. But I think it's dependent so on the person. you're not saying, no, don't do it. Um, well, the best thing is not to do it, but okay. telling somebody not to do something is usually not the way that <laughs> it works. Yeah, that's um, true. So no, my it, parents told me not to drink. It worked well. Yeah. 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 So it's trying to meet people halfway. It's like, well, can you drink just one? Or like, why Why do you need that soda? Is it the carbonation? Well, can you try like a seltzer water? Like trying to get to the root of what they're looking for in the drink would be how I'd talk to them about it. Much more you, Do you have kids? I don't have any kids now. Because you'd make a nice mom. Oh, I, I would have liked you to talk to me like that. And <laughs> not just tell you not to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Cassie, thank you so much for coming in yeah, today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So fit, what's the phone number down there? Or give me some contact information. We'll put it up on the screen. Yeah, so you can contact me at just Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-Y, at fit, F-I-T, the number two, recover.org. Um, I'm not sure what the phone number for the gym is. Okay. But but yeah. Fit to Recover is a great organization, and the last two shows, meeting Ian and meeting you, has made me feel really good about this place. And it's, you know, the idea that you you got to stop out sometime. Oh, I, I mean, will. it's exhilarating to watch. I mean, I get tired watching. I don't exercise. So <laughs> I just, of course not. You know, but I feel more, more healthy when I leave. There see. you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny. The gym that I go to has just started weightlifting classes where people okay. will lift together, and it sounds like that's yeah, that's just what we, exactly what we do. And they yeah. have a great time, and and it's fun to watch. These guys, when when they're talking about connections, I've I've seen when people move up in weight class and everything, the other people all stand around and applaud them and cheer oh, yeah. them on and everything. It's like it's really supportive place. That's cool. Fantastic. Well, it sounds yeah. like you've got a great job. I'm sorry about your loss when it came to your brother, but thank you. It to be able to work in the field and to help other people has got to make you feel like your life is well worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So we've got a number on the bottom of the screen, and that's for Odyssey House. And while Randall and I are both volunteers, we do this TV show for the love of it. Lee, our producer, and Bill is nice enough to air it on Comcast. 
Um, there are people out there in the community that are out there to really help you, and money is not an issue. And if you've got a friend, a relative, or yourself, call this number. Talk to the people at Odyssey House. I forgot it. Do you remember it? I don't. 801-321-3222. Perfect. And you don't have to, like, you can call up and ask questions. People, I think, are sometimes afraid to call a treatment center and say, well, you know, do I have to sign up now or anything like that? If you have a question about a loved one or something, you know, is this a problem? He drinks two-fifths of vodka a day. Is that a problem? Uh, You know, (laughs) I and I would have said before, no, that's not a problem. <laughs> I just drink too much. But, so, but you can call and ask any kind of questions you want. And there's some wonderful people out there. And, and literally, we are so lucky in Utah to have so many dedicated professionals who really make yeah. it their goal in life sure. to help you. And Call USARA. Call Fit to Recover. Call Odyssey House. Call First Step. Call somebody. But, yeah. but seek recovery. That's the whole reason we're doing this. Yeah. Cassie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. You just Appreciate wanted it. to shake her hand twice because she's good looking. <laughs> I have never shaken her hand. Cassidy, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Well, I... Uh, See, I am. You know, okay. me. You know where I sit here. <laughs> For Randall Carlisle, I'm Trip Mitchell, and that's Cassidy, the good looking one. We'll see you next time right here on Odyssey House Journeys. Thanks so much. Journals. Journals. <laughs>